Welcome to Lift, a parenting podcast where we ask the questions about family and faith. Parenting takes a lot of heavy lifting, both in physical, emotional, and spiritual ways. Let's face it, raising a family is hard work. Some of us are doing it as a single parent. Some of us are working with a spouse, but all of us have questions every day. Are we screwing up our kids, our marriage, our relationships? This podcast will ask questions that can guide us to finding our rhythm and creating a space for God in our home. This season, we are going to be talking about, so weird, my upcoming book called Parenting with Perspective. So each episode, we're going to look at a chapter in the book. And today we're starting with chapter one, talking about you are good enough. I want to give a little segue into how the book is divided. So it has three sections. And the first part of the book is talking about you as a parent. So there's three chapters on that. The second part of the book is talking about who your kids are. And the third part of the book is talking about how you work together. So these next three episodes, we're going to be really looking at you as a parent and how you parent well. And I asked one of my favorite people in the world to come and talk to me today about this chapter one, that you are good enough. So Holly, could you introduce yourself for us? Yes, and thank you for having me. My name is Holly Blaze, and I am the confirmation coordinator and assistant student ministry director here at St. Andrew. Um, I have two uh, boys. My husband and I have two boys that are uh, fully grown and fully <laughs> launched from our house. Um, one is 27 and one is 24. Awesome. And they both grew up here at St. Andrew. Okay. So I always, I don't know if I've ever said this to your face, but I've always looked up to you um, as the mom of two boys and how you've raised your kids and how you have, you and your husband have worked together. I think your husband and my husband have a lot in common. Um, and so I'm just really excited to talk about parenting today. And I also get to see you interact with so many different parents. So those of you who don't go to St. Andrew, Confirmation, why don't you give a little snippet of what is Confirmation? Confirmation is a program that we have here at St. Andrew, and a lot of churches have it. Ours is a little different. It goes almost for an entire calendar year. Um, and we start in January of the eighth grade year and go through the end of ninth grade. So it's it, it goes January to November. So it straddles that move between middle school and high school. Um, it is um, because we have older kids, a lot of confirmation programs at other churches are younger. Mm -hmm. um, uh, years and years ago, St. Andrew moved it to older kids, um, which I think is really great because they have a little bit more um, capacity to understand some of the more esoteric things about uh, faith and yeah. and um, they get very much more engaged I think um so the the goal of confirmation is to help kids um, take ownership of their own faith um, I allow them a lot of space to ask questions the hard questions the questions that not nobody has an answer to mm -hmm. let them know that that is okay try to introduce them to some basic Christian and Methodist theologies. Um, and just sort of get them started on their faith walk if they haven't already started that process. Yeah. And I have had two boys go through that process with her, and it has been such a gift to watch them um, grow and change. So thank you for all you do. Well, thank you. All right. So let's talk about chapter one. 
You are good enough. Um, I think, especially in the digital age that we're in today, I'm very thankful that I raised my kids pre-Instagram as children (laughs) because there was not as much to compare myself. There was still plenty to compare myself to. But how do you think we can remind ourselves as parents that we are good enough, that they we can do this thing called parenting? I think um, one of the main things that I kept reminding myself of is that my husband and I were the two people who knew our boys best. Mm. We knew what their personalities were, and they're very, very different people. We knew what their experiences had been. We under, you know, we knew what kind of home we had. And so when it came to parenting, I just felt like we had, um, we were the best equipped to know what was best for them, Mm -hmm. whether it came to discipline or encouraging or what school they were going to go to. Um, I, I oftentimes took advice from other people, or if I wasn't quite sure, wanted to explore all the possibilities. But in the end, because we knew Jack and Caleb the best, um, I knew that whatever decisions we made um, were going to be best because we knew them the best. Yeah. So um, being no one else is going to know your kids as well as you do. I love that. That, yeah, because it's real easy to compare to what other people are doing and how other people are parenting. But I do agree that every house is very unique and very different. And so the fact that you recognize that is important, you know? Yeah. I think, too, um, knowing what you don't know Mm. is also really important. (laughs) And and because I wouldn't – when my boys were little, I wouldn't have said I was – a great parent or an experienced parent, you know, we, you sort of learn as you go along. Right. Um, but I also made sure that if there was something I wasn't sure about, I tried to find out more. So mm-hmm. it wasn't as if I said, oh, I think I know what this is, so this is what I'm going to do. I did try to ask a lot of questions, whether it was of the pediatrician or teachers or counselors at, at school or people at church, just to make sure that I wasn't you know, missing something or assuming something. Yeah. Um, So I think sometimes that's important too. Well, I've really enjoyed working with people who are just like a step ahead of me. Right. Right? Yes. Um, Like you and Pride and other people who are just just right ahead of me and watching you from afar or asking you like, how did you deal with this? Right? Um, you, You said something yesterday at chapel. I didn't ask you to do this, so let's see if you can do it off on the fly. <laughs> but you opened chapel about parenting and then different things. Can you talk a little bit about the journey of when you started and you thought it was great and yeah. then et cetera, et cetera? Um, I, I've shared this with other people, but I just remember I loved I – was, I was very fortunate. I was a stay-at-home mom um, until my kids were um, out of – high school, really. But I just remember bringing our oldest son home from the hospital as a newborn and just thinking, it's not going to get any better than this. Just having this little bundle that I had something to do with, it was just, it wasn't going to be, nothing could be better than that feeling. And then a few months later, he smiled. And I thought, okay, all right, that, you know, (laughs) newborn was good, but him smiling at me, that's pretty great. That's, this is better. It does get better. 
And then a little while later, he laughed at something I did. It was like, okay, that smiling was good and the newborn was good, but him reacting to me and we, it's like our relationship has begun. Uh That was really great. And really throughout all of his years, not just infant and toddler, but even elementary school and yes, even in middle school (laughs) and, and high school, watching both of our boys develop and grow into their own and have their own personalities, there's such a great joy in that of mm-hmm. seeing them. Our, my husband is in, my goal was always to sort of launch them out to be good, independent, self-sustaining, kind people, adults, responsible adults, and watching them grow into that really w- was wonderful. So it seemed like every every new stage we got to, it was like, oh, this this is so awesome. This is so cool. Yeah. And then a next, they would do something else kind of growing. And then it would be like, oh, this is so cool too. So yeah. it is, I, I when you can take joy in that part of parenting, of seeing them grow and develop, I think that that can bring a lot of um, joy, but satisfaction of yeah. knowing that they're, they are growing and developing, maturing the way they're supposed to. And that's good. Yeah, I love that because I remember that too, like thinking. And I also remember bringing home Cody. We we struggled with pregnancy. So like finally having a baby was like, oh. But then we had one of those nights where like he was up all night and he was screaming and I couldn't fix it. And I thought, oh my gosh, what have I done? And so this book, again, is kind of about perspective and being able to you know, change that, switch it just a little bit. Um, I talk about in the book, it's called the 555 rule. I don't know who wrote it. I should probably do a little bit more research or who told me about it. But it has helped me throughout all my parenting and frankly, just even in my professional life, that how will I feel about this in five days, in five weeks, in five months? Will this still be a thing, right? Because sometimes when it comes to parenting, at least for me, when you mess with my kids or my kids get messed with or they are hurting, it feels so big. Are there ways that you dealt with some of that um, in the moment where it feels so big and you probably don't even remember it today? Well, I do remember some of them. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I, the thing that always came to my mind was something that my mother said to me and would say and, and still says to her grandchildren and sometimes to us too. But she would say, this too shall pass. Mm -hmm. And it was this reminder that, you know, if you have an infant who's colicky, they're not going to be colicky their whole life. Right. Or if you have a child in elementary school who's defiant or is really asserting their will or their personality, (laughs) they're not always going to be like that. And eventually that type of personality will benefit them when they're an adult. You know, right. it may not be great when you're trying to make sure they they don't hurt themselves or, you know, do something dangerous, but in the end that that will have a good it will be good for them when they get older. So this and, and whether it was something good as well, if it was something really wonderful happening, I would think I need to sit and enjoy this. I need to I need to appreciate the good that is here mm-hmm. um, because it's not always going to be this way. You know, right. we, we you are going to come in bump, to bu- have bumps in the road, whether it's because of family situations or, you know, your, ch- your parent-child relationship. It's not always going to be, you know, sunshine and roses. Yeah. And so when it is sunshine and roses, you know, relish that while you're in and that place. It. Well, and again, this whole chapter is talking about that 
like as humans, we are good enough. We are built to do this. Um, what about when you messed up? Like, I, I mean, little things, right? Like I remember once I didn't pick a kid up from school and I felt like horrible, like horrible. They're, the principal's waiting for me at the front of the school. And I, I had no reason except for I just got busy in life and I forgot my child. <laughs> <laughs> um, how do you in those moments, though, I really beat myself up as a parent. You know, how do you move past that? Is it the same thing? I think, um, well, allowing yourself a lot of grace <laughs> and realizing that in the moment it may, might have felt huge and your kid may have made, made you feel super guilty about doing that. <laughs> <laughs> but in the big scheme of things, it's a little drop in the bucket. It, right. it wasn't anything so major or huge that it was going to affect you forever or affect them forever. So just keeping perspective in that regard. Yeah. Um, and when they're little, um, it's they tend to forget that kind of stuff, I think, pretty easily. I once, when our youngest son was in high school, I was supposed to be at a meeting for one of his sports teams. And for some reason, I thought I knew where I was going and I didn't. And I was, you know, 45 minutes late and he was just furious with me that I had been late. And I came in and I got all the information I needed. But by the time he was in high school, I could say to him, all right, I'm sorry. This was my fault. I apologize. I got everything that I needed. So you need to give me some grace. I need to give myself some grace because it didn't happen very often. Um, and you know, we need just to move on from this. This isn't the end of the world. So when they're little, it's a little bit harder. But when they're older, reminding them that you are going to make mistakes and that yeah. you are not you are not a perfect person, not a perfect parent and that they have to, you know, as they get older they can start to see that and to just, you know, ask them for forgiveness, I guess. I think sometimes that surprises our kids when we do that because yeah. A lot of time it's hard to do, but when you do it you're modeling such a good um behavior so that they can get to a point where they can ask for forgiveness from people too. You know, so let's uh we had time out when the boys were younger mm -hmm. and um, our oldest back in the day, the big screen TVs like were like a thousand feet wide and they took up the whole living room mm -hmm. and um, Cody went and banged the TV and he just kind of looked at him, looked at us and goes time out and walked <laughs> to time out. And I was like, Oh, well, look at that. You know, like consequences to your thing. Right. And then, okay. So I forgot the oldest at elementary school this past year. I forgot our youngest. I was at the school, Holly. I was at the school volunteering. Um, and in COVID our boy, there was no buses for football games. So mm -hmm. we were taking our kids and my youngest is standing out there by himself waiting for me to come get him, not knowing I'm actually in the locker room volunteering with the other football team. And so our son is leaving our oldest son and was like, hey, Dylan's standing outside. And I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and I run to go get him. But it was in that moment. I was like, Dylan, I'm so sorry. In my brain, you got on the bus and went to the game and I was going to meet you there. Yeah. I just had a moment where, I, and he was like, it's fine. And we're all going to get to the game. It'll be fine. But I did have to look at him and say, dude, I'm sorry. You right. know, but also if you're standing out there, you should call me. Right. <laughs> you could have done something like, <laughs> to remind you know, me. But it, it took a lot of 
constant monitoring and constant looking at our family and asking for grace throughout from toddlerhood to teenagers. Right. Because I think, I mean, I'm in the throes of being a teenage parent, mama. I'm not a teenager. I'm the parent of a teenager. Um, But when they ask for grace and when they ask for forgiveness, it really makes my heart sore because I know, as you said, you and your husband, your job is to, you know, let them go. Right. And when they do that, I know that there's just they're they're becoming a whole human. Right. Right. Yes. Because they're going to need that skill forever. Right. You know. Right. So this is a podcast from a church. So I always have to ask a little bit of a Jesus question. Um, how does your faith help you as a parent? This chapter I used Ephesians 2.10, for we are what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. Um, I thought this was a good kind of grounder for this chapter, just recognizing, I say this all the time, that first and foremost, you're a child of God, Mm -hmm. bottom line. How does your faith help you recognize that you're good enough in this parenting journey? Um, I think the thing that I always was reminded of or tried to remind myself of is that God loves my boys even more than I do. Mm. And so the idea that, you know, if my love is so big and I want what's best for them, even if that means doing something hard, Mm -hmm. disciplining them or not letting them do something, God loves them immensely more than even I do. And he has their good at heart and he is, you know, he wants what's best for them as well. Mm -hmm. And so when, um, I just sort of use that as a way to trust that God was going to lead us as parents to do the right thing, make the right decision, handle situations in a way that was going to benefit them. Um, so just the constant reminder of how much more God loved my kids than even I do, which is hard for me to Isn't fathom, yeah. um, was always reassuring to me that he He loves them and so he's going to take care of them. Even in the bad, right? right? Yes. yes. And that's, uh, I think some, uh, it very well could have been you said this to me before, but, you know, if God's love is so great in the good, God's love is great in the bad and recognizing that God is present in all of your family. Right. It just, it helps me, you know, get through the good days and the bad days. Right. You know? Right. All right. As someone who now has adult children, (laughs) what advice would you give maybe to your new parent self or your toddler parent self if you could go back and be like, Holly, just breathe? What would you say? Um, I think... So our oldest son was a very easy baby and actually a very easy kid to raise. He's very mellow and didn't cry very if he if he was crying as a baby I knew something was wrong. Um and we just had he was just very easy to raise. And I remember telling my husband once when he was about I don't know 8 or 9 months old I said something like, if they were all like this I could have a school bus full of kids. This cuz this is parenting thing is it, it, this is so fun uh-huh. and this is so great. And then we had our second son 
And he was nothing like my older son. He was, he wasn't colicky, but he was just much more fussy. He ended up having a milk allergy. So I had to change my diet while I was nursing him and things like that. And he's just a completely different person Mm -hmm. than Jack is. And so I, I think I would have, I would have reminded myself and told myself that you are raising two boys, but these are two separate individuals and they're going to take different parenting styles from you in some ways. I'm always amazed that these two young men have come out of the same home from the same parents having the same experiences, and yet they're so totally different. And and in so many ways, that's so cool and that's so wonderful, but it made parenting them you know, how we handled Jack was very different a lot of times than how we handled Caleb. And the issues were very different. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just reminding myself that one size doesn't fit all is 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 OK. And, and just because that's how you treated things with Jack, you have to do them different with Caleb. And that's all right. Yeah. You brought into so my boys are very different like that, too. And our firstborn, we would put him in bed to take a nap. And when he woke up, he'd say, mommy, awake now. And he would not get out of his bed. He would not, like, until I came and got him. Our second born, still to this day, does not need sleep. Like, (laughs) Cody and I, we could take naps for days. Like, Dan and Dylan, like, they need, like, four hours and they're good. I don't get it. Um, But I'll never forget one time we put him to bed for a nap. And he found the baby monitor underneath the crib because we had to mm-hmm. hide it because he didn't like it in his room. He knew we were watching him and listening. Yeah. Or actually listening that was before watching was a thing. And we're sitting in the living room on a Saturday and we hear, no nap, mama. <laughs> <laughs> and he was about one. And I remember Dan and I just looking at each other like, oh, this is going to be so yep. different, yep. you know, but it's fun. I mean. I don't know if that day felt fun. Right. Right? Yes. But I do love recognizing who my kids are and leaning into it because the gifts that they have are so different. It is fun. Yeah. Well, but- it's, it's. I don't know. I find now that they're adults, it's it, it, it really was delightful to watch them become the people that they are now mm-hmm. and those little, you know, beginning signs and then seeing the, that come to full fruition. I think that there's something really satisfying about that. Well, and I love how you started about like, you know, you bring the baby home, you think it can't get better than this, but it does. Yeah. It doesn't mean it gets easier. No, no, not easier. And and it's different. Right. It, you know, it's not always the same, but I think sometimes parents can be so focused on either not wanting to make a mistake or being almost too controlling over their kids, having an expectation of their kids that they expect their kids to meet, mm-hmm. which is never a good thing, <laughs> and then struggling when that doesn't happen, Right, that they forget the joy that there is in being a parent yeah. and seeing these, these people grow and become individuals yeah. and independent. That's It's such a – I don't know. It's such a gift. It, at least it was for us. Yeah. It is. I'm – I – honestly love having teenage boys right now. It is so fun. It's exhausting and it's hard. And sometimes I just want to go in my bed and cry, but it's beautiful. Right. Right. Like in all of that. Yeah. Okay. So I end every podcast with this question for our guest. If you could pick, so you have to pick a parent, a child, a teenager, like an age group. Okay. Okay. 
What's one thing you wish they knew about that you are good enough? Um, I guess it would be to parents. And it's that idea that God loves your children more than you do, but God also gave you your children, mm. that he that it's not an accident that the kids that you have are yours um, because in whatever way he knew that it was going to be the best for your child and it was going to be the best for you. There will be times where it's difficult. There'll be times where it's you're angry. There'll be times where it's frustrating. There'll be time. I mean, there it's, it's not, you know, all unicorns and rainbows all the time. But he purposefully gave you that child. And there's that verse, I guess it's in Isaiah, where it talks about, you know, I knit you in your mother's womb. Mm -hmm. And um, that idea that God has known your child from when he started to create him yeah. or her. He knows them now and he knows what they're going to be. And for whatever reason, he chose you to shepherd them through that that process. And in knowing that, you there should be you should be able to take some satisfaction in knowing that you're good enough because... God did choose you, whether it was a natural child or by adoption or whatever. Mm -hmm. They're yours because God trusts you with them and and knows that you'll be best for them. I love that. You keep bringing up memories. So one of the things we say, my mom says to us is, I love you more. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of changed it. Like I said, I loved you first. And one of our children, I think it's my youngest, got me. One day I was like, nope, I loved you first. When you were in my belly, I loved you. And he goes, oh, when... I was in heaven and God showed me you. Oh. <laughs> I loved you. And I was like, dang, kid, that was good. But I do think that is that that they're a gift given to us to to be entrusted with. That means a lot. Right. That means a lot. Yep. Sure. Okay. Okay, I want to close today. Every chapter ends with a prayer. And I had the gift of I have a covenant group with um, a bunch of women pastors and we get through life together. So this prayer is written by Reverend Sarah Marsalis Luganbill. And it says, Oh, holy God, love giver of life, redeemer. I need you. Make me aware of your presence always, even right now. Remind me when I forget my grace is sufficient for you. When I lose my temper, my grace is sufficient for you. When I fail today, my grace is sufficient for you. When I compare myself to others, my grace is sufficient for you. When I feel like I'm not enough, my grace is sufficient for you. When I think I am right, my grace is sufficient for you. When I am critical, my grace is sufficient for you. When I don't take time to listen, to laugh, to be intentional, my grace is sufficient for you. When I don't have it all together, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. And because of that, I am enough. Remind me of that today. Whisper your love and grace to me so that I can speak and show it to others. In your most holy and precious name, Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. It's my favorite verse. Is it? Second Corinthians 12, 9. Yeah. But my grace is sufficient for you. Yeah. I think we need that as parents. Absolutely.
So thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome. Hope you come back for our next podcast where we will be looking at chapter two. You can learn and grow with your children. Again, um, we are here for you at St. Andrew Family Ministries. If this podcast tugs something in your heart or your soul, you can always reach out to me or a member of our staff. We're here to do life with you. Whether you're a member here or listening from afar, know that our grace and His grace is sufficient for you.